Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by the Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and First National Bank Bemidji. It was an eventful week in the city of Bemidji. Monday night at the city council meeting, they set the levy, which was not even the biggest topic of the night. The report from ASM Global and Sanford Center was the big story. Then on Wednesday, the Joint Planning Board held a very controversial vote on a housing project in Irvingboro. Mayor George Prince is in to talk about the big topics in Bemidji this week on Chatabout. Mayor, thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I know we've got some stuff to talk about, so here I am. Okay. <laughs> well, of course, you know, we all saw the headline. Uh, Sanford Center comes in with a deficit projection of $723,000. That is a huge number. And already changes have been made. But um, put that in perspective for us. I know you were not thrilled when you heard that. No, I wasn't. And I don't think any member of the council was. Um, So to set the stage, uh, what the budget was built around was a $190,000 loss for the year. Obviously, $725,000 is significantly more than $190,000. But what does that actually mean? Because the $725,000 loss is an income statement loss. It's a paper loss. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a cash loss. Well, why is that? A couple things. The first thing is, on any income statement, you're going to have non-cash expenses like depreciation, like amortization, which aren't really cash expenditures. There's a little of that. Also, the cash uh, account for the Sanford Center has had kind of a surplus in it. Well, why is that? Well, during COVID, we got some grants that weren't necessarily deployed that year, and so they kind of create a bit of a cash reserve. Also, in 2022, we as a city transferred $450,000 to the Sanford Center because that's what we had allocated for the year of transition. You might recall VenueWorks ran it for the first four months, and then ASM came in and did the previous eight months. We didn't know where we were going to be, so we kept our budget number at 450. The operating loss ended up only being 300000 So there was some additional cash that rolled in. This year, even though the projected operating loss was 190, we again hedged a little bit because ASM was new and we weren't 100% sure if we were going to hit that mark or not. And we as a city had committed 300,000. So you can kind of see where there's been some cash balance reserve as a result of those actions. So even though we're being told it's a 725 operating loss, what it really means is the city is being asked to come up with another $150,000 to make the building whole for the year. So that's not seven twenty-five. dollars No. Right, $150,000. No. Mm-hmm. Now, from my point of view, I don't think it's fair to look at the taxpayer and say, hey, you've got to come up with that one fifty. And I think it's because, from my point of view, up until November, we were being told as a council that they were, in fact, going to get to that one ninety number. As a matter of fact, when we got our financials that were good through August, uh, first part of November, here's what was included with the financials, Kev. This is a, a letter that was written to the council by the general manager at the time. And I'll read it to you, at least this paragraph. I know that these numbers may look alarming, but I would like to reassure the council that things are not looking bad. We are forecasted at this point to hit the budget numbers. In the upcoming months, there will be revenue being recorded from two major events plus hockey in addition to conferences and meetings. That was given to us on November 2nd. On November 7th, I spoke with the regional vice president for ASM Global, who presented us at the council meeting, Mm -hmm. Leonard. 
And I said to him, I'm looking at these numbers. I'm concerned. Are we going to get there? And keep in mind, I was only looking at numbers through August. And he said to me, yep, our internal rolling forecasts show that we're going to hit that number. You can have confidence in that number. That was said to me on November 7th, which Leonard admitted at the council meeting on Monday night that he had said that. So as a council, if you're sitting there in the middle of November believing you're going to get to 190, and on December 18th you're told 725, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, to be clear, I want to go back and say there was no theft or embezzlement or anything like that. This was inaccurate reporting, inaccurate forecasting. So to me, I make a distinction between mismanagement and poor management, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So as a result, when we're short 150 for the year and you come back and say, make us whole, I'm going to say, wait a minute, right? That's not 100% fair. So in our conversations, what ASM proposed is we will rebate you five months of your management fee, which is about $10,000 a month. So $50,000 we will put towards this. So now that 150 goes to 100. Then ASM said we provided the Sanford Center as ASM a marketing budget of $100,000 to be used to buy down shows and to backstop any shows that might lose money. One of the shows that did not do well at the Sanford Center was the rodeo. Mm-hmm. So they're proposing to use $50,000 of that fund to offset that show and help towards the operating deficit. So now that 150 drops to 50, which is what the city is being asked to come up with. However, we had a $200,000 surplus in our capital improvement budget, which is for maintenance of the building, those kinds of things, that we were rolling over to 2024. And the council authorized 210 for 2024. So we were going to have a pot of money at 420. They have suggested that we take 50,000 of that 200,000 and reallocate it for the operating deficit so we would only roll 150. If the council agrees to that, the center's made whole. No new cash is required from the taxpayer or from the general budget. And we reset and look at 2024 as, you know, a, a year to really dial this in and get it right. So because that was brought to us during a report, we weren't in a position to act on it that night as a council because it wasn't an action item. As a result of that, we've called a special meeting for the council for Friday at 3 to take this under consideration and make a decision about whether or not we're going to move forward. So that's kind of where we're at. So I know when people see 725, right, they get very alarmed, but, as, oh, I've yeah. ex- but as, as I've explained, the real cash impact here is 150. And if we agree to this resolution, which we'll see, there's no new cash coming from the taxpayer. There's no you know hit on the general fund or anything like that. That said, I am still very, very concerned about the inaccuracy. Because as I said to you earlier, if I'm being told, if the council's being told in November, we're going to hit these numbers... And six weeks later, we're way off the mark. That's concerning. So ASM was asked, why did that happen? They said to us at the meeting, it was performance-based errors at the local level. Part of their solution has been that that the executive director and director of finance at the Sanford Center are no longer with ASM Global. That's obviously a personnel issue. It's 
ASM's issue, so it's not anything that I can know more about or comment more, but they've taken that step. Okay. So in the future, there will be a new executive director. In the interim, we have Bobby Anderson as the interim director, and I think many people know Bobby. Oh, yeah. He's been heart and soul of that center for many, many years. Um, certainly a person who's very trustworthy and works very hard, and I don't know what the ultimate you know, decision is going to be made there because ASM obviously will have a, a significant voice in, in putting forth their candidate to be the new executive director, and the council, per the contract, has a voice in helping select who that person is. But in the interim, I know that the Sanford Center is in good hands. Okay. And, and I think that's important to note. A lot of people don't understand that. You hire an entity, in this case, ASM Global, to operate it. So the executive director, the finance director, all of the employees are ASM employees. They are not hired by the city of Bemidji. Correct. And, you know, the way the city interacts with ASM Global is through our city manager and also through the Sanford Center Advisory Board on which I sit. And so, you know, to give you and the listeners some perspectives, I already had concerns dating back to April that we were off on our projections. I expressed them both directly to local management and indirectly through the Sanford Center Advisory Board. When we got to July and August, my concern elevated because in the month of July, we had negative event revenue on a profit and loss statement. How Mm. does that happen? Right. As a finance guy, that's three red flags waving in the wind. <laughs> and so I brought that up, and that's kind of in part what started a whole bunch of series of questions that eventually led to ASM senior management getting involved and us being where we are. But nevertheless, again, whether it's local or regional, we contract with ASM, as you, you know, pointed out. So to me, for them to say it's a local kind of thing doesn't wash a lot with me because it's the entire entity, right? And mm-hmm. again, to be clear, I'm speaking not on behalf of the council or on behalf of the city, simply speaking on behalf of myself when I say that, because ultimately I see us being engaged with the entire entity regardless of where the position is located. Mm-hmm. So as we go into 2024, the the question that still needs to be answered and has needed to be answered since Sanford Center opened, and I'm not a Sanford Center opponent. I was a proponent. I still think it's a wonderful facility that's done some, brought some cool things to this town. How do we solve this year-to-year issue? Well, I think first off, it's really understanding what can the deficit truly be expected to be. And so for 2024, they're projecting it at 350. When we set the levy, we budgeted 350 for this, which historically the Sanford Center had been losing $450,000 per year, and that had been what the city had been providing as an operating deficit. And when I say losing, I'm just being blunt. Some people see it as an investment. We can split hairs on what you want to call it, but that's really the bottom line. When I came into office in 2021, I believe that the Sanford Center was kind of at the worst possible case. And that was not just because we had to fill the 450 hole, but it was dead. There weren't a lot of things happening there. Mm -hmm. Now, 
that was COVID somewhat, but it had been pretty slow, again, watching it as a citizen heading into COVID for a while. There weren't a lot of promoters using it. We were, as as a city, self-promoting a lot of those things through venue works at the time. And so if you have a 450 loss and there's no economic activity really happening there, in addition to citizens saying to me, it's too expensive, we can't access it, when I say it's the worst of all scenarios, that's what I meant. So at the time, I supported terminating the contract with VenueWorks and stepping out of that. And I support that to this day. I think it's it was ultimately the right call. I'll go to my grave thinking that was a good call. But that was separate and distinct from what do we do next? And as a transition committee and council, we looked at, should we run it ourselves? Should we hire a smaller firm? Should we look at a hybrid type of partial contract, partial city employee, or do we go with another management company like ASM? Ultimately, we decided to go with ASM. Time's going to tell whether that was the right move. Now, as disappointed as I am in ASM's reporting, as I've outlined, and I think made pretty clear to them at the city council meeting, there was some good stuff that happened this last year and a half. Mm -hmm. I believe the center's gotten busier than it's been in a long time. We had some pretty amazing shows happen Um, Mm -hmm. lots of people, positive feedback from those shows and the things that they were able to access. We had some great homegrown community events happen that I hadn't seen in a long time. Babes Burnout, 3,000 people came out free of charge. When's the last time you went to a free of charge event at the Sanford Center, (laughs) right? That's helping give back to the community. Mm -hmm. Lots of nonprofits, number of nonprofits that access the Sanford Center doubled from the past. That's good because we instituted a 30% discount for nonprofits. Did we get every last one? Of course not. But we moved in the right direction. Roller skating, right? Mm-hmm. Great use of the facility. Five bucks to get in, five bucks to rent skates, five bucks for a popcorn and a soda. Family friendly. So those were good things that happened at the center. So it wasn't all bad. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, right, you want accurate financials. And when I look at the big picture from 30,000 feet, as I explained earlier, from a cash perspective, we as a city gave the center 450 in 2021. That's what we'd always done. <laughs> Nothing changed. This last year, we already transferred 300. If we agree to this um, proposal, we'll basically use another 50, so it'll be 350, which I would point out is lower than 450. And next year, we're budgeting 350, which is lower than 450. So kind of the worst case scenario is from a cash perspective, we're status quo. But if on the flip side, we've picked up activity and it becomes a better economic engine for our community and we get more local access to it, those are still wins. But not excusing this lack of uh, accurate reporting or the accountability that goes with it because that's not okay. Yeah. Right. And as mayor and as a council member, I'm never going to make any excuses here because the buck stops with me. And our job is to hold ASM accountable and especially moving forward, making sure that the center is on the right path. Okay. All right. One other item to talk about, the other big story in the city, uh, joint planning board meeting. Uh, There was a proposed um, housing development that's very, very controversial, ultimately voted down. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so that was the Grace Wind development that was being proposed uh, for, you know, the Irving Borough neighborhood, kind of where Lucan South is. 
And, you know, it was challenging because it was the last meeting of the JPB before the JPB dissolved. <laughs> yes. Now, if you were going to ask me what that meeting was probably going to look like, I thought this could be basic. And mm-hmm. instead, we had a complete filled city hall with overflow into the hall <laughs> of people on this project. And the challenge is we know as a city we need more housing, especially senior housing. You know, we know what happened at Red Pine. We know our housing situation. So when somebody brings a housing project before me, I'm going to get excited. But we also have planning and zoning ordinances, and that's where it gets challenging. So this always flows through the same process as all projects do. So it had gone through staff. It had gone to the Joint Planning Commission, which is the place that takes public testimony and all of those things. And when it came to the board on which I serve, It was challenging because staff were recommending approval, but the Joint Planning Commission was recommending disapproval of the tax ordinance that was required to make this happen. So as a board, you're getting conflicting information, and of course you're hearing from the community, so you're trying to sort that all out. And the truth of the matter is, if they had been building a 28-unit complex with 35-foot walls, they wouldn't have to be in front of the board because that's allowable. The reason it came before the board is they wanted to build, if I remember correctly, 48 units and 50-foot walls. So now there's some accommodations that have to be required to make that happen, and it's in the shoreland overlay, so there are those um, ordinances that come into play. And ultimately, as a board, we voted 302 <laughs> to mm. deny it. Three people voted to deny it and two abstained. Part of the abstention was the concern of, hey, if we vote for this, it's not going to really matter long term because the city is about to take on its own planning and zoning, and the ordinance the city has already passed doesn't allow this. So part of my concern was if we approve this, it sort of becomes an anomaly until the city addresses this. And, of course, there was a lot of neighborhood comment, in essence, saying, We were asked to abide by these rules when we built our homes and we did our improvements. Why should they not have to follow the same rule? So it was a tough, very tough decision. Since the ruling, um, our city manager and I did have a conversation with the developers, and our hope is that they will perhaps look at modifying their project a little bit, go back and engage with the neighbors and see if this can be reimagined a little bit that would be more in line with our planning and zoning ordinances and hopefully bring it back to the city for reconsideration. So we'll see what happens, um, but that's the current state. And again, I have some hope that we can look at this again with some modifications because I would really like to see more housing in Bemidji happen. Yeah, more housing in Bemidji is huge. Absolutely. Anything else that uh, that's going on, or are we just going to be able to sit back and enjoy a, ho- a holiday week or so? Well, I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish our listeners a Merry Christmas and, uh, and Happy Holidays. I thought you were going to bring up the levy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that's actually, that was actually the quietest piece of business, yeah, wasn't, wasn't it? That, wasn't that interesting? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes, uh, I, I, I'm happy with the levy. I'm not super excited because honestly it's still a little higher than I would have liked to have seen but I believe the number we ended up if I remember correctly is 7.65 which is significantly lower than the 10.3 that had been passed in the preliminary levy 
And I don't know the last time the council came in with a lower levy than the preliminary levy because that doesn't happen very often. But it was a split council again. It was a 4-3 mm-hmm. vote for that to happen. For me, part of the driving factor was the, fire, the two new firefighter positions got taken off the board because the Rural Fire Association did not vote to support those positions. As a city, it's hard to fund them fully because typically it's like a 60-40 kind of split. Well, if you hired those fire um, fighters without that help, now you're on for 100%, which increases the cost. Plus, it's a bit of a disrespect to your partners when you override their vote and just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And long term, I think we're hoping that we can build a fire district, which would require a lot of cooperation, partnership, and relationship building. So once those two firefighters came off, you know, that was $150,000 savings, about 2% of the levy. It had already been negotiated down to, you know, 9.5-ish. You take 2% off, you're at 7.5, about where we ended up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But and interestingly enough, you're correct. It was the quieter news. <laughs> well, and to be able to do that, considering the bad news you got earlier in the meeting, um, that's, that's, that's a W, actually. Well, we worked hard at it. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not declaring victory anywhere because this is always a work in progress. We're always trying to make the best decision we can with the facts at hand. And, um, you know, as we move forward, I think we have to bring – a very high level of scrutiny to how ASM is reporting. And I've communicated that to them in the meeting. I mean, if you go back and watch it, you'll mm-hmm. see that. Because to do otherwise, I believe, would be irresponsible. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this stuff. Uh, these were big stories and a, little, a lot of people talking about it. So I, was, I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and uh, clarify some things and tell us what's going on. Uh, George Prince Mayor, have a great Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Yeah, you too, and uh, happy holidays to everyone. Chatabout has been sponsored by First National Bank Bemidji and the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining us throughout the year this year on Chatabout. We'll be back in 2024.